0: It's the Basketball Hall of Fame's Legends Podcast. I'm Kyle Belanger. Joining me today is a 1978 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame inductee, six foot four small forward from Owensboro, Kentucky, a five-time NBA All-Star, one-time NBA champion, and one of the best Kentucky Wildcats of all time, Mr. Cliff Hagan, Lil Abner. Thank you so much for joining me, Mr. Hagan.
1: Happy to be here. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Uh, so I want to start... Uh, before the Hall of Fame, before the NBA titles, before the Celtics drafted you or before you played your 10 years in the NBA, you lived out every schoolboy's dream, playing at the University of Kentucky for Adolph Rupp. Um, what's the one thing that you wish more people knew about Coach Rupp?
1: Well, that he was an extremely bright uh, individual, highly intelligent, uh, great uh, after-dinner speaker, a tremendous sense of humor. Uh, Tremendous uh, pep talk giver before the game, and then could come in at halftime and ream everybody out. <laughs> uh, uh, highly successful. Uh, they say the conference maybe wasn't all that tough, That, but, but uh, he had a tremendous sort uh, of record at the university. Second only, I think, uh, maybe John Wooden didn't see any championships. Maybe some other come along, but... but uh, we all respected him. I think he was probably in his late 40s uh, when I was in school, and uh, even then we considered him an old man. When <laughs> <laughs> kids 18, 19, 20, anybody over 30 knows old. <laughs> but he had a fine assistant, Harry Lancaster, who we call sort of his enforcer, a real physical kind of guy. And later became athletic director, and then I replaced him as athletic director, so... So
0: that's it. <laughs> it's so it's incredible when you think about the trip from Owensboro to Lexington. Those hundred and eighty miles, um, you know, three hours or so. Of course, more back in those days before before we were going sixty five, seventy five miles an hour on the roads. Was that a hard transition for nineteen year old Cliff Hagen to suddenly be someone who everyone was watching?
1: I uh, started out. It was so crazy to start with. I was born December 9th, 1931, so I started grade school in January. I got out of high school in January after we had won the state championship, and I got, scored 41 points in state championship game beating Lafayette High School, which was the greatest thing that ever happened to me or, or at that time that could happen to a high school kid is to win the state high school championship. That was really big, still as big with me and kids in Kentucky. So uh, we won the uh, NCAA, uh, the uh, Kentucky High School Championship, and then I was invited to fly to New York to watch the University of Kentucky Wildcats play in the Eastern Finals on the NCAA. that was an eye-opener for me. And, and also up there that time was Frank Ramsey from Madisonville, Kentucky, uh-huh. that had lost out in the state term. He had already gone up. I didn't know he was going to be up there. So we got to be friends at that time four or five days and, and watching the Eastern Finals of the NCAA. And, and by the way, uh, I saw Tony Valley play for Yale in, in that game, in, in one of the two games at, at Madison, Old Madison Square Garden. And he shot a hook shot from the forward position. <laughs> I'm not talking about the free throw line or back to the bay. He shot for that, opened my eyes, and, and really, uh, I really really started working on the hook shot again. But anyway, I, I got, flew all night and got into the Paramount Hotel at 7 in the morning and knocked on Coach Trupp's door. And he came to the door in his red pajamas and. Uh, <laughs> Was happy to see me, and I had the headlines. I went, "Hey, take take this current journal headline about Hagen Dell. You know, the stores forty-one point blah blah blah." blah. Yes, sir. So that was my uh, maybe second time. Maybe I net coach up, so that was a great way to get started. And then um, being recruited, not like today where you make visits all over. I got letters from Hawaii, which was wonderful. I think California, UCLA, different ones like that, and Notre Dame didn't make a trip to Notre Dame and didn't make a trip to the University of Louisville, but uh, I had good basketball. In fact, all the the schools in Kentucky had great basketball at that time. Moorhead, Eastern Kentucky, Western Kentucky Hilltop, Murray State the hill. So uh, it was was really a big choice to to make. And of course, Kentucky had won 47, 48, and 49. NCAA championship. But anyway, back-to-back two years. So, the right. uh, only place to go, really, <laughs> <laughs> was the University of Kentucky. My God, you know, back-to-back championships. It's like what uh, Florida did later and you sail you know, all those things out there. Right. You know, they were there. <clears throat> That was the basketball at the University of Kentucky. So, And I went up there Very, neat, came in in January. And, and then, of course, you, you played freshman ball, so I just had that one uh, spring semester of basketball with the freshman team, and then had to set out the next semester and became eligible in January in fifty one. Uh-huh. so that was quite something. But I went up there really uh, knowing what the fabulous five had done, back-to-back championships and the NCAA, NIT championship. And really, I just thought they were so good that I was hoping to make the traveling squad. <laughs> that's what I took in going up there. Well, and it's so that's how I felt going to the big university, in Kentucky. There were only, there were only about sixty five hundred students there at the time. Now there are over thirty thousand. So, but it, that was big sixty, you know, six thousand students was big.
0: Well, it's it's remarkable too, and in considering that, if not for that trip to New York, you might not have been inspired. Little Abner might not never have gotten his hook shot. That's re- that's a remarkable story. I, I I'm not sure I've ever heard. Well, I've
1: actually I've actually seen the, my hook, hook, first hook shot. I had gone over to watch Bowling Green University, uh, Western Kentucky play, and they had a center uh, named Bob LeBoy, six seven skinny kid, and he threw up hook shot. Well, I've never seen anybody do anything like that. Imagine just being able to ward off with the left hand and reach out away from your opponent and shoot that instead of turning, facing, and going up, jump, trying to jump over, and that kind of thing. And that just something hit me, and, and I went home. I think I was about a, a sophomore in high school when I first saw that. So I actually started working on the hook shot, and uh, then. In, 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 uh, down at the YMCA in the summer, I uh, just stand with my back to the basket, throwing up left hand and right hand just three or four feet and just worked on it. And it was a progression uh, through, uh, through high school and then going into college, uh, shooting the hook shot. Uh, I played forward that first uh, uh, spring semester when we won the NCAA championship and playing forward, then after that I was the D-center at 6-4 in a major school, a small center really. But uh, the hook shot, I learned to shoot it uh, from the free throw line, actually going out from the free throw line to the top of the key, yep. and then on fast breaks, uh, fading either hand with the, left the hook, so uh, let me tell you the secret of basketball right yes, now, right here. Yes, sir and what do you think? Shot off.
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's I, I, I love the story too. We're speaking with Cliff Hagan of course, nineteen seventy eight, Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame inductee, and it reminds me that while you go while you went to the Y M C A to perfect your hook shot, maybe the Y M C A where Dr. James Naismith perfected the game as well, maybe the Y M C A is more linked into this this game than even I know. Everyone goes and sharpens at the Y M C A still, right?
1: So well and our, our little Y M C A is about the size of the one in Springfield Mass, I think. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it small and uh, just just either in the tiny little balcony around the top of it and in, in the summer the, the floor would warp and you might <laughs> your <laughs> that kind of thing but you did have the, the, the gym sort of to yourself at the time where you could just go down there and just throw up the ball for four hours at the time if you wanted to and I think that's where I really developed my basketball is one-on-one basically
0: Right. It wasn't until after your two years of military service that you finally did join the NBA. Uh, you and uh, and Frank drafted by the Celtics, but it wasn't the Celtics um, that that you played for. You and Ed McCauley were traded uh, to the St. Louis Hawks for uh, some guy named Bill Russell. Um, I'm, I'm never. I'm not really sure. <laughs> not really sure what happened to that fella, but. Uh... <laughs> how did
1: how did young cliff uh, I'm in the service andrews Air Force Base and uh, CM newton's there and lucifer is there and we are anyway, playing and we're Air Force national champions and for two years in a row there and right before I'm getting out of service the uh, summer of 56 I get a call from a red hoseman mm-hmm. I don't think of red Holzman, the red hoseman and he said he's the coach of the country, st louis Hawks and that I had been traded along with Ed Actually, they wanted Ed McCullough. He was a San Jose University All-American and big pro player. Here on the little college 6'4 center. <laughs> so I'm just thrown in on the deal, really. And uh, he says, so can you play guard? I said, Ooh. no, I'd be a fun you know, college center guy would played forward. He said, well, Frank Ramsey plays plays guard. He's your size. I want you to try to play guard. <laughs> But, oh my gosh! Anyway, we we did, and, and I tried to play, and couldn't play a lick guard at that
0: kind of thing. I love the story because a couple of years later, when you win your NBA championship, it's Bill Russell and the Celtics that you guys end up beating. So, in in many ways, I think Celtic fans need to realize that uh it's a it's a zero sum game.
1: Alex well, Harrison of the Rochester Royals I had the number one draft choice that year. St. Louis had the number two draft choice that year. So the deal was made, and and so Boston, Walter Brown gets the number two draft. Well, uh, he calls Lester harrison and this is a story that, 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 that Macaulay told me. He called Lester Harrison up there and says, if you won't take Bill Russell, number one, I will give you two Ice Capades <sighs> shows. <laughs> that and Thapti on the rights to the ice capade shows, which were bigger than the NBA, much bigger than the NBA. At the time. <laughs> so Lester Harrison took Cy Hugo Green mm. from Duquesne, and then Boston took Bill Russell. And the funny thing about all that, all, all that deal, uh, Bill Russell couldn't stay in, in St. Louis, and all those championships that happened in, in, in St. Louis. <laughs>
0: So I have two more questions for Mr. Cliff Hagen. The, the, the next actually involves uh, Bill Russell um, and the um, the integration uh, of the NBA. Uh, because of all the accolades and the accomplishments and legacy moments that I was excited to speak with you about, um, as, as a reader uh, and, and as a... a a sports literature um, fan myself, I devour everything I can about, um, uh, about sports. Specifically, I want to talk about David Halberstam's book, The, the Breaks of the Game. Um, in it, he wrote about how it was Cliff Hagen, who was the sole white star who welcomed the integrated Hawks roster, Lenny Wilkins, and, and all of the great um, you know integration of the NBA. Can I ask you what it was like to be the, one of the only progressive white players in such a tumultuous era?
1: Well, I wasn't aware of that, uh, you know, just uh, trying to be uh, friendly and welcoming, that, that kind of thing, but I, I wasn't aware of all, all that. <laughs> uh, uh, we we uh, were, uh, the last uh, the St. Louis Hawks in, in 1958, uh, we were the last, really, uh, white NBA championship team. Uh-huh. So I guess some of that comes from, from all that. And, sure. Uh, uh,
0: Wonderful. And now one final question Mr. Cliff Hagan. Can you talk about what it means to work with the Hall of Fame at this stage of your life, as, you know, as someone who is obviously not only a Hall of Famer but someone who is uh who has contributed to the game in more ways than just on the court. Of course at your alma mater, um and as as a representative of the game as an ambassador to the game, what does it mean like you know, what does it mean to work with the Hall of Fame at this stage of your life?
1: You know Growing up, uh, there was no Hall of Fame, uh, right. and uh, I never dreamed that that big that I would ever be in something like like the Hall of Fame, and and then to be the first uh, University of Kentucky basketball player to be enshrined in the Hall of Fame just uh, is is mind blowing, really. Yes, yeah. just, just un- unbelievable, and um uh, and, uh, have your name associated with with, with the great great of, of any profession. This is mind blowing, and uh, to keep your name and history alive. Uh, here I'm in my 86th year, still uh, physically I play for ten- tennis four days a week. because so I'm still very very active. Unbelievable. That's excellent. I drift that having played basketball for for a long long time. I even, when well, I was would go out and play at half-court at, at noontime time until I was 58 years old. So yeah. I think that helped. But, but uh, the, the whole thing just seems to get bigger and bigger and bigger each year. And, and so just, uh, I just feel so proud to, to, to be a part, part of that and, and what little we can do to, to promote the game.
0: Well, his nickname was Little Abner, but he is a titan of basketball. His name is Cliff Hagan. He's a 1978 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Famer. Uh, Six-foot-four, small forward who attempted to move to guard with the St. Louis Hawks, a five-time NBA All-Star, one-time NBA champion, and one of the best Kentucky Wildcats of all time. Uh, Mr. Hagan, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Kyle.